Bucks Nation for real. Party way. This kid's got talent. Gotta go. Whoa. Big time. Thinking about the honey's honey money on my mind. Gotta blow. Cash. Whoa. It's time. Thinking about a car, a boat, and crib to buy my mom's. Gotta fold. I'm a poke. Moline got me moving slower than a turtle racing nine. Gotta go. Whoa. Big time. Feeling like I'm baby man. I'm fresh. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reality Roundtable. I'm your host, Jonathan Brown. And today I got my clubhouse big bro, Gabe Bell of the Ultimate Black Man Radio, joining me today. What's good with you, Gabe? Man, I'm chilling. I am chilling. Uh, Jonathan, what's up with you? Man, I just wanted just to get you on, see see what we could talk about today. Man. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, and but so first question I gotta ask you is, like, who are you, and why did you start Ultimate Black Man Radio? All right, so for those that don't know me, my name's Gabe, and I am the host creator of Ultimate Black Man Radio. It's a podcast, YouTube channel, and I guess I'm on Clubhouse now. <laughs> Um, and I try my best to bridge the gap between black men and black women. Um, when I first started this, um, this channel was actually for men. I wanted to talk to men, uh, and help them in their relationships. I really was not interested in helping women, but as time went on, um, I noticed that mostly women listen. So when I first started doing content creation, I was in the pro-black sector of YouTube, of uh, content creation. So I did a lot of things about like, you know, black first, putting black people first, um, fighting white supremacy, et cetera. That's kind of where I got started. I hosted movie screenings, all that fun stuff. Uh, But it wasn't until I read... um, Black Labor, White Wealth, and Dr. Francis Chris Wilson's The ISIS Papers that I realized um, that in order for Black people to move forward, they had to fix their relationship dynamics. Uh, the reason we were so far behind is because the Black family dynamic and the Black family structure was broken. So when I realized that, I came across Nicole Michelle and I began to help her with her YouTube channel. She did amazing things with that. Still doing amazing things. And uh, people encouraged me to try and do my own YouTube channel and everything. People have been telling me for years I should do a podcast, YouTube channel, all that fun stuff, right? Um, But I never did. But here I am. And um, when I got on Clubhouse, I was in the ask a black man anything room a lot of times that's how a lot of people know me is I was in their room with King Art and all those brothers and uh I always had usually the most controversial talking points so that's how a lot of people know me uh and again I started this channel for men but I noticed that mostly women followed and listened and it didn't matter how hard I went on women I could cook them Tell them they was gonna be single and they was gonna be, you know, cat ladies and they were gonna be wearing combat boots. It did not matter how hard I could play all the noises, all that stuff. They always came back. It was the oddest thing to me. So, um, even though I do focus 
uh, on the family. I I give I do content for men and women. A lot of my content nowadays is catered more towards women, uh, as they are the ones to me that are actually trying to improve and get better. So that's kind of how I got started. And within your rooms, you're somebody who produced who um you push traditional values. What made you want to start pushing traditional values? Uh, so again, when we look at the family dynamic, the family household, uh, our community is mostly matriarchal, meaning the women lead it and they are led uh, and there's no father around usually. But if you look at communities that are very, very successful, whether they be white communities, Hispanic, Arab, um, even though those women work too, there is a lot more stay-at-home uh, moms in their community than it is ours. And so if we're going to fix the family dynamic, we got to go back to a time where um, our marriage rates were high and our marriage rates were successful. Our marriages were successful. And the only time you really can see that in Black society is when Black men and Black women were married and the woman stay home to work. Um, it, again, looking at the other communities, they actually have the option. So I just like to present the option for women to either go into the workforce, they can be modern women, or they can be traditional women because this does work. It's been proven that men who stay, uh, that have stay-at-home wives usually make more money, are more productive, and live happier and healthier lives. These are studies, you know, over the last 20, 30 years that have shown this. Now, again, feminism and, um, and white supremacy have told Black women that their place is in the workforce. In fact, there was a law during Jim Crow that re, uh, that actually told Black women they could not be stay-at-home wives, that they had to go to work. So there's always been an attack on the family unit and the family dynamic. And usually you can fix that. You can fix those holes that are, you know, in the, in the Black community, uh, in the families, by the woman staying at home. That's why I push traditional values. To have, to give Black women the option of being able to rest in their femininity and to stop working for a white man, but they can work for their husbands, work for their family, work for their kids, cater to their family, put their all into the home. Usually when women do that, everybody's happier, the marriages last longer, and most people are usually fulfilled. So that's why I push traditional values. My message is not for everybody. Every woman does not qualify for a traditional marriage. Most men don't qualify for a traditional marriage. In fact, I believe under about 20, 25% of people actually qualify for their lifestyle. Most women are going to work. Most men are going to need their women to work. But for that 20, 25% that actually do qualify, that's who I'm speaking to. And I want to help those people get to that, um, that desired um, lifestyle of having the woman being able to stay home. I hear you on that. And one of the things that you push for women to have in order to achieve that lifestyle is that they need to be cooperative. And why is cooperation mm -hmm. the biggest thing that you push for women to have? Listen, man, a man don't like a woman that don't cooperate. If she don't cooperate, she got to go. Big facts. <laughs> a lot of women are very combative. So these women want these men to pay bills and pay the cost to be the boss and put them in the suburbs 
of, you know, XYZ major city in America and have the kids go to the best public schools or the best private schools or allow them to stay home and, you know, homeschool the kids. Well, there's a cost to that. You have to give up some of your autonomy and you have to cooperate. Uh, you can't be telling these men you need them to do all this stuff. And then you're walking around here with a smart mouth, flip attitude. Okay, nobody tell you nothing. Uh, you can't fall in line and, and follow the leadership of your man. Uh, no, if you can't cooperate, that's cool. Just go be a modern woman, be in a modern relationship. But if you're going to be a traditional woman, you have to cooperate, especially if you're wanting your man to pay bills. You have to. You, even in modern dynamics, you got to cooperate to a degree. Because men don't like women that are combative. That's, that's why a lot of our sisters are single. Too many of them like to fight. <laughs> and I know they've been fighting all their life. They have to fight white supremacy. They have to fight older black women, other black women. They have to fight their family, their parents. They struggle with their kids. I get it. But they have to be deprogrammed and learn how to cooperate with these men. Only men that qualify for their cooperation. Now, you don't cooperate with every man. But a man that has shown that he is worthy of that cooperation, you got to fall in line uh, and follow that leadership. And that actually transitions me into my next question. You talk about you have to qualify for that uh, cooperation. Now, mostly your audience is for Black people. And mm -hmm. like the men you're talking about are usually Black men. Why, do you, why are you so hard on Black men to make at least $75,000? <laughs> uh, I'm hard on Black men on making a certain uh, income requirement, which is 75K, because in most major U.S. cities, even in small towns such as, yeah, I'm in Memphis. And so it's very cheap to live here. That's one of the good things about living in Memphis. Sure, it might not be a lot to do here, uh, but it's very, very affordable. Even in Memphis, for a family of four, which would be a man, a woman, and two kids, for a family of four, you need at least $80,000 to survive. At least, right? So, and is that to live comfortably or live? That's living comfortable. So, that's um, decent home, like a 2,500, 3,000 square foot home, two cars, insurance, that included savings, 401k investments. And I think a trip, a family vacation, uh, you need at least 80000 Even in Memphis, little old Podunk, Memphis, Tennessee, you would need a family income of $80,000. And that's not a lot of money. There are a lot of jobs uh, that pay starting out these days, 90, 95, 100K. And all honesty, men really need to be making 100K to survive. Uh, and soon, very, very soon, very, 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 very soon, I'm saying in the next seven to 10 years, men are, you're going to have to have a hundred K to live in most major cities. And I'm not talking New York, San Francisco, LA, in those cities, you're going to need 200 K to survive, but I'm talking Atlanta, Memphis, Nashville, Louisville, Birmingham, Huntsville, these cities that are real, real cheap right now, Charlotte, Dallas, Houston, you're going to need a hundred K. Like there will be no question about it. If you don't make hundred K, you won't be able to live in those cities. That's why I'm so hard on men. You can't say that you love your wife and you love your kids. You're around here married and you're having kids, but you're not making at least a certain amount of money to be able to care for that family. 
that is a damn sin, that is blasphemy. And a man is judged on how well he can take care for and provide for his family. That's why you can't make 40 or 50 grand talking about some you finna go get married. Uh, you're good unless you're gonna have your wife working. If you're gonna have your wife working and have her in the workforce, then yeah, sure, you can get married. You just have to go get a modern women, a woman. Thing is, most men want traditional women except when it comes to paying bills when it comes to paying bills and providing all of a sudden they want to be modern and the game just don't work like that so i'm telling men that if you want a particular woman if you want a beautiful woman who's feminine submissive cooperative uh who's going to cater to you your children your family and put you first you have to have an income requirement just like men have a weight requirement for women women have an income requirement for men and again, just to live comfortably, right? Just to live comfortably in most major cities in the U.S., you have to make that kind of money. And it's not hard making that kind of money these days. You have kids that have shoe businesses, NFTs, they trade crypto, and they're making well above 75K. Our sisters in the Black community are making way more than 75K. I have a lot of clients that most of my uh, women clients are six-figure earners. These women make six figures on their jobs. Uh, some in the mid to high six figures. I have clients that make that much money. So if the women can make that kind of money, the men should be able to do it too. One last thing, men say they want respect from women. Well, in order to gain that respect from the woman, you have to be able to provide and protect that woman. And women do not respect men, regardless of her race, creed, religion, color, whatever, women do not respect men, they out earn. So if she's out over here out earning you and you bring in your little 45K to the table and she's gonna have a real hard time respecting you because by proxy, she feels like she's outworking you. So in order to gain the respect of our sisters again, our men are gonna have to start making more money. Doesn't mean you're not a good dude because you only make 45K. It just means you won't be a good husband. Now, with that being said, would you say that, yeah, like, she could out-earn you, but if she's with you, but she sees you, like, putting in steps that would eventually out-earn her, do you think that that could work? Sure, yeah. I mean, if she sees that you got a vision and you working hard and um, you might be at 50K, but she sees your path that you've laid before her and yourself, then, yeah. But if you don't produce results... By a certain time frame, she has the right to leave. She does have the right to leave. So that's fine. Um, I tell a lot of college age women um, that they should do that. They should look for the man that's in med school, law school, you know, the accountant in the engineering department. You should hit your wagon to those kind of dudes uh, because sure, he'll get out of school and he may only be making 40 grand. But hey, in three or four years, he can double his salary in his field. So that method really works for girls in college. Um, and they're just getting started and they want to get married. So yeah, it could work, but that's usually a younger woman's game. Most women that are 26, 27, 28, um, that's not going to work for them. A man's going to have to already have some W's under his belt. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Like yesterday, I had tweeted. I said, women, if you're with a dude and within three months, you don't see him improving himself in 
any way, like whether that's educationally, physically, mentally, financially, somewhat, or somehow, you should leave them. How do you feel about me saying that? If you say that one more time, if he what? If he's not improving himself mm-hmm. in three months, either mm-hmm. physically, mentally, like you're trying to get more knowledge or whatever, financially, or mm-hmm. like spiritually, somehow, some way, he's not improving himself within three months, she should leave. Absolutely. Get him on the back. He got to go. Yeah, you got to go. You have got to go. Absolutely. That lady should get up out the paint. Um, a lot of men hate to hear that, but we it's just too late in the game for women to be settling for just any old thing from these men. And that's just the bottom line. And who would you say gives you the most pushback on your message? Mm, that's a good question. Black men and older black people. Those those it's a tie. Black men and older black women. Uh, or and black women and men um single moms kind of push back too but it's not as bad but it would be black men and older black people even though i speak for black men they're the ones giving the most pushback and why would you say that why would you say is the reason that they give you the most pushback um because most men hate to be criticized. Um, they hate looking at themselves in the mirror because it makes them feel like a failure and men have egos. Uh, so it hurts their ego when you tell them, look, you only make 40 grand a year. You don't really qualify to be a husband uh, or you don't qual- like that doesn't make you a good man or that makes you less than or you're not qualified to be high value because you don't make X amount of dollars. A lot of men hate hearing that. Um, A lot of men hate hearing that the reason black women aren't cooperating is because we haven't demanded that they do by putting in work. Uh, They hate hearing that. It's very reflective. Um, And it hurts when someone else is telling you you don't qualify for X, Y, Z based off what you've produced and built. For old black folks, they give me pushback because their time uh, in in the spotlight is kind of, you know, dying down. Um, and a lot of the stuff I talk about, a lot of them wish they knew when they were younger. So there's a lot of regret there when it comes to, uh, you know, man, I wish I had. He was around when I was 21 or 25 or 30 years old. I, my life would be a lot different. So a lot of them are just hating they're a little bit angry and they take off that. They take that anger out uh, on me and push back against my message. Now, they, they definitely get cooked. Uh-huh. <laughs> But that's why they give me the most podcasts, especially those two groups. And with that being said, like you talk about men need to make more and they give you put and they need to give you and they give you pushback for your message. Like, what are some ways you think that what are some actions that you say that we could take to try to make more money? And what are some things that you implement yourself Mm -hmm. when it comes to making more money? Well, first and foremost, um, any hobby that you have can usually be monetized. So I'll just start with the hobbies. If you're a gamer and you have a personality, you can do Twitch. Um, If you like to watch football or you're a sports fanatic, you can make a football, you can make a YouTube channel talking about sports. 
And there, I mean, there are people that literally make their salary, if not more, based off things they do on their hobby. Now, a lot of people get mad at me and say, well, you should monetize your hobby. Well, if you're going to be doing the hobby anyway, there's nothing wrong with putting in a little extra effort and monetizing the hobby, even if you only make $500, $1,000, $2,000 extra a month from that. Uh, that puts you in a whole different tax bracket when you're making an additional $12,000 to $24,000 a month, or a year, rather, okay? So that's first. Second, Black men need to get, they need to develop their skills. I'm really big on tech. I tell men they need to look into Salesforce, cybersecurity, coding. These, um, these skills pay very, very well, and you literally can change your life between three and six months if you get in the right program. I know some men that have picked up cybersecurity and six to six to nine months later, they're making, you know, $150,000 a year. So, and these jobs need people. Cybersecurity is looking for folks. Um, Salesforce is looking to hire an additional million, two million folks over the next five to 10 years. These jobs are in desperate need of people. These aren't jobs they pay 15 bucks an hour. These are jobs they pay six figures annually or close to it. So black men are going to have to develop more skills. If you're not a tech person, that's fine. Get you a CDL. We need welders. Um, with this pandemic, uh, America is, you're going to see a lot more American manufacturing. This pandemic has, has shown that we really cannot rely on the supply chain between us and China. So you're going to see a lot of people that, you know, they may not have a tech background or they may not be, you know, as book smart as someone else. But if they get in some of these warehouses um, and get those type of trades, forklift drivers, CDL, welders, things of that nature, uh, HVAC, engineering, people, things like that, those skills are definitely going to be needed uh, in the coming years. Um, because we're going to start relying less and less on China and other Asian countries where we get our supplies from. And we're going to start doing more uh, home-based or homeland manufacturing. So that's coming too. So men can do that if they don't want to be sitting in front of a computer all day. Um, investing, investing, investing is going to save a lot of Negroes. Crypto is just the beginning. It's at the beginning phases, the beginning stages don't look up 10 years from now and everybody that got into crypto are millionaires. Like this, what we're getting into with crypto, fintech, things like that is going to create a wave of new millionaires and billionaires. And a lot of black men, they're, they're on Clubhouse and YouTube complaining about women instead of getting into this industry, getting into these investments, learning how to do these investments. And it isn't that hard. You just have to study. Um, they're not, they're not, researching and trying to see how they can get in they're gonna miss this wave kind of how our fathers missed the dot-com wave and how they missed the apple and microsoft the facebook how a lot of people missed that a lot of people are gonna miss out on this crypto wave that's coming in the next 10 to 15 years and so that's i'm telling men they need to even if you're not technologically advanced you need to have some kind of understanding on fintech and crypto right i offer a class on that you can hit me up. I do one-on-ones about crypto. That's one way. Last but not least, you're going to have to develop some type of uh, skill like trading, forex, trading stocks, 
You're going to have to have a better understanding of how 401ks and IRAs work um, because you can invest your way into your wealth. So once you begin to obtain more money, you got to have that money work for you and you can invest that money um, into those avenues to make more money. And of course, last but not least, side hustles. I'm a huge side hustle advocate. So selling sneakers, raking yards, cutting grass, washing cars, whatever it may be, have your little side hustle. Even if you only make an additional 10, 20, $30,000 from your side hustle, if you make $50,000 a year and you make 30,000 from your side hustle, that's 80 grand right there. So you know, a whole different tax bracket just from the extra, from the side hustle. So men are going to have to come up off um, not doing doing things. Kevin Samuel says man should be working anywhere from 50 to 80 hours a week, something like that. And I agree. And I don't think a man should kill himself, but a man should really be putting in about 60 hours a week working, especially when you're young. If you're under 40, you got to grind. So as you age, you can kind of slow down a little bit because your body is going to be telling you, hey, bro, you're going to have to slow down. But those are what I tell men to do, especially when you're young. Get it in now. So when you're older, you don't have to worry about retirement. We're going to have a lot of homeless men over the next few years. Uh, Scott Galloway warns, are we creating a underclass, a permanent underclass called men? He has warned against us against that. So just something to keep in mind for all my brothers out there. That's what I tell men to do in order to obtain more money. And while you say that, you'll get no disagreement from me. I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. And some of those some of those occupations that you listed were blue collar. Mind you, a lot of women want white collar men. Why do you think? And mind you, like some of these blue collar dudes make six figures and above. But yet they still can't get those type of women that if they made that same money as a white collar guy could get. Why do you think that is? Um... So you saying why don't blue collar men, why don't why don't women give blue collar men a chance? Yes, that make the same amount of money as the white collar men uh-huh. want. Because you can't brag to your homegirls or your family members that your man's a lawyer, a doctor, high earning entrepreneur, accountant, or engineer. You can't you can't brag to them about that. Women are very uh, hmm. what's the word? Women are very uh, they like to show off. And it's hard to show all you can't. It's hard to tell people that your man work at the local chicken factory, even though he may make 100 grand a year because he is a mechanic for the machines. Or you can't brag that your your man makes, you know, works at the local. Um, whatever Toyota plant or Volkswagen plant or Chevy plant, but he may be in upper management and he makes 100 grand, a, uh, 100 grand a year. You can't brag about your man on an HVAC company, even though he may make half a million dollars a year. I know people that are in that industry that make that. You can't, women like to brag and they like to show off. And lawyer and doctor looks a little bit better than mechanic or HVAC guy or plumber. That's what that all boils down to. Women gonna have to get up off that too, or they're just gonna be by themselves. They'll just be, you know, cat ladies. So the, the choice is theirs when it comes to that. And I asked you that because when Nicole does those marriageability rooms and YouTube be up there, most of them will sit there and 
and Nicole asked him, what kind of what kind of dude do you want? And like it's rare that you hear them say blue collar. They either say like high earning white collar or entrepreneur. But the way that I see it, a lot of them like really wouldn't be able to like handle the type of schedule that a high earning white collar or entrepreneur do would be able to give them because I mean or that they I don't think they can handle the type of schedule that they will have because if you're doing if you're doing things like that, that's gonna take a lot of time away from them. And you know, women really require a lot of time. What do you think of me saying that? You're right. You're absolutely right. Um again, if black women want to be married, like they say they do, right? If they really truly want to be married. They're gonna have to come up off that goofy stuff. Um, we're kind of entering a shift here as far as occupations go. So is robots and machines can only do so much. <laughs> they can only do so much. So there'll always be, especially in the immediate future, in the next while we live anyway, there's gonna be some type of demand for some type of manual labor. And so, again, as these men are uh, obtaining these different trades and they're making this kind of money, if women are going to be, if they want to be married like they say they want to be, they're going to have to start adopting uh, or getting with these men that um, have these, I guess, what they call, quote unquote, um, blue collar jobs or lower level jobs, even though they're not really low level. Um, they're actually kind of high level. You have to have a lot of skill to do a lot of them. So, and I appreciate you saying that because your rooms are really pro blue collar. And um, and when it comes to picking men, you put you recently put out a vetting guide to help women in that process. And what is the purpose of your vetting guide? And what do you hope? What do you hope to see come from your vetting guide being out? I hope women will be able to choose healthy and whole partners and stop wasting their prime years away on losers, degenerates, and bums. Too many times our sisters are out here wasting prime years away, <clears throat> good years that they have, the years they should be using to get with men that are achieving a lot in their lives. A lot of women waste years dealing with losers, bums, degenerates, goofies, broke men. And by the time that they wake up and realize, hey, this isn't the way I got to change, it's too late in the game. It's way too late. Uh, a lot of them end up <clears throat> aging themselves out of a potential, a good potential partner. And so what I'm hoping the vetting guide does is kind of help guide these women Um to picking and choosing better men. A lot of women that come on my clubhouse stages, the number one question I was always getting asked was, how do you vet men? How do you vet men? Could you help me vet men? And so that's why I wrote the vetting guide so I can help them vet men. It's part one of three. There are two other additions I'm going to add in the coming months. Um, but I did this to help them avoid being used um, and being abused uh, by men who don't really have their best interests at heart. Uh, our women are taking too many L's when it comes to this relationship game. 
And so that's why I wrote that vetting guide to kind of assist them in choosing better partners. Well, that kind of like led into my next question, which is like, is there anything that you were working on that you would be able to tell people about? But you always <laughs> say you're working on. I am. I got a lot of stuff I'm working on, man. Uh, so I am working on those other two editions. I'm actually working on a vetting guide for men. Because men need to know how to vet too. And I'm also working on a book. So this is a, this is a big project where I kind of talk about why I feel black women are single in America. I actually had a post go viral a couple of years ago. And I'm actually going to go through the talking points of that post. And I'm going to write a whole book on it. So that's going to be the big one. Hoping that will release on my birthday. I'm not going to give too many details about that. But that's probably going to be the next one that comes out. And then I can release the vetting guides for the men and the women. And um, I'm also working on some courses for men and women. So y'all be on the lookout for that, too. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm working on those as well. And your vetting guys right on time, especially with this whole Sierra's Paradise came. Oh, my God. Oh my God, ladies, get your own prayer. Get my vetting guide. Let that be Sierra's prayer, okay? Because if it's not, that's going to be you. Yo, I am dead, man. (laughs) But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on my podcast, man. This meant a lot right here, bro. Not a problem, man. Just hit me up. I'm always down to talk to the family that support me. So uh, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. And, you know, if you need me again, just holler at me. I'll come through. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. That's a, that's been another episode of Reality Roundtable. I appreciate you for joining me. And I'm out. <laughs>